All right, well, as I said, open up your Bibles to Psalm 92. Um, as I said, we're going to look at the theme of Thanksgiving and not about the origins of it, you know, or the significance of it to us in the United States. But we're going to look at what the psalmist or what the different psalmists say about Thanksgiving in the book of Psalms this morning and over the next few weeks. And the book of Psalms has really uh, been called, and rightly so, a hymn book. It's a hymnal of, the, of ancient Israel, and it's been used throughout the church as as sung in hymns, and a lot of the songs that we sing derive from the book of Psalms, and some denominations particularly will grab the book of Psalms and sing these out. I remember early on in my Christian walk, I was looking at helping a youth group uh, back in, this is when I lived in Lakewood a long, long time ago, and I was with the Calvary Chapel Whittier, I think they were, and their youth group, the youth pastor, he said, okay, let's, you know, just say, let's grab Psalm 92, and let's sing it. And I was like, that doesn't rhyme. You know, songs, <laughs> songs rhyme. It was really weird for me, and I'm sure for the young teenagers, they were like, yeah, this is what youth group is about. But I'm sure God blessed it. I mean, they were reading the word of God, right? God's word does not return void. But that's how Psalms, the book of Psalms has been used uh, throughout the church. And this morning, we're going to look at it, and we're going to read through it. But I'll probably just focus on really the the first verse and maybe touch on verses two, three, and four, particularly because it just talks about the goodness of thanksgiving, which is the title of this morning's message. And again, it's not about our thanksgiving, how we celebrate it, because they're like, yeah, I love the turkey and the food and, uh, you know, all the stuff that goes along with it. But let's look at what the psalmist says about thanksgiving. So verse one, we're going to read through all the way through verse 15, and I'll come back, like I said, and touch on a few verses. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night with the ten-stringed lute and with the harp, with resounding music upon the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man has no knowledge, nor does a stupid man understand this, that when the wicked sprouted up like grass, and when all who did iniquity flourished, it was only that they might be destroyed forevermore. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies will perish, and all who do iniquity will be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil, and my eye has looked exultantly upon my foes. My ears hear of the evildoers who rise up against me. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age, and they should be full of sap and very green. To declare the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. And so that's what the psalmist writes in Psalm 92. In Psalm 92 in particular, you may see little postscripts ahead on top of your psalm where it says, Praise for the Lord's goodness, like in my Bible, or a psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. And it was originally thought that this verse was sung on the day of, or this uh, psalm was sung on the day of worship. 
And you see, that is really what the psalmist is encouraging the congregation to do, is to worship the Lord, but worship in a way of thanksgiving. So the psalmist here is exhorting the people of God to give thanks to the Lord. Look at verse 1 again. He says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. So this morning, I want to look at what does it mean when he says that? Why is it good to give thanks to the Lord? So we're going to point out two things. What does good about the word good? What does the word good mean? And what is so good, again, about giving thanks before we get into our points this morning? When we define the word good, right, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty you know, generic term when you say it is good. What does that mean, it is good? And there's two particular meanings that I want to point out this morning for us. And the, the first one is meaning it's appropriate or agreeable. That is, it's a good thing to do in such and such situation, right? Like, hey, that's a good job that you're doing this, right? Or this is the right thing to do. So that's one meaning of the word good. It's an appropriate thing to do at this time. Like, it's appropriate when the pastor's teaching to open your Bible and look at it, right? That's a good thing. That's what the word means, meaning appropriate or agreeable. And so we'll look at that in depth a little bit more. The second one is that it is, it is pleasant, meaning it's something that you enjoy, like it's good food. That's another definition of the word good. It makes you happy or it brings pleasure. So the two definitions that we're going to look at this morning about good is, one, it's appropriate, so it's an appropriate thing to give thanks to the Lord, and it's a pleasant thing to give thanks to the Lord. And we're going to look at how that relates to God and how that relates to you and me this morning as we're called to give thanks to the Lord. So first, look, let's look at the word. It's appropriate with that sense of it's good to give thanks to the Lord. Again, uh, so he's saying it's, it's, it's good or it's appropriate to give thanks to the Lord to sing praises. It is the right thing to do to give thanks to the Lord. For God, as we know, rightly deserves our gratitude. And that's what the psalmist is explaining from verses 4 through 15. Drop down to verse 4 real quickly. And I'm not going to read it all over again, I'm just, but I am going to read verse 4. Look what he says after he talks about giving thanks to the Lord. He says, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. He's acknowledging that God rightly deserves, it is an appropriate thing to give God thanks because what God has done. And I want to point out just three things that God has done for us that we need to acknowledge. And again, we could, all of us could stand up and say, God's done this for me and God did that for me. But let's just look at these three because these are common for each and every one of us. Well, number one is that God is the originator of all things. God is the creator of the cosmos. Everything that we see in our world and outside in the universe was created by God. This is acknowledged in John chapter 1, verse 3, in the, in the prologue of John. It says, all things came into being through him, and apart from him, from him nothing came into being that has come into being. Saying everything that we see in this world, you know, outside of like a building, like we're talking about creation came from God or outside of this world as well. All the entire universe that came into being came into being through Christ from God. So we need to acknowledge that and be thankful for that. This is what the psalmist 
is identifying here. The second thing that we need to identify about uh, God's appropriateness for being thanked is that every blessing that we enjoy comes from the Lord. Every righteous blessing. James 1, verse 17, a very familiar verse, says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. So all the things that we enjoy, that we gain from this life, ultimately come from the hand of God. And now they may come through other people, and we, as Dana prayed, rightly thank them for that. But they ultimately are directed by God, who is omniscient and omnipresent over all things. We need to recognize that there's a world that we don't see around us, orchestrated by God, where all that we have, all that we enjoy, even the hard times, and we may talk about that next week in a different psalm, come from the Lord. But in particular, James is saying every good thing given and every perfect gift is coming from above, from the Father of lights. So these two things here make it appropriate, agreeable, that God deserves thanks, right? For each and every one of us, none of us created this world. Only God did, so he rightly deserves thanks. And all the blessings that we enjoy, we need to realize they ultimately come from God, not by the works of our own hands. And thirdly and lastly, in regards to this definition of goodness... God is the provider and sustainer of all life. And for this, I'd like you to turn to the book of Acts with me. Acts chapter 17, and let's start in verse 24. Acts 17. This, I really love this, these verses that the Apostle Paul is speaking to non-believers about the God that they are not aware of. And this is what he says. In Acts 17, verse 24, he says, The God who made the world, as we already discussed, and all things in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives all people life. Right? He's the provider and sustainer. He gives all people life and breath and all things. He's covering everything, that the very... Life that you have and the air that you breathe and everything you own comes from this God. He's telling them that you're not aware of. And he goes on. And he says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live in all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. He's saying God chose for you people, and us by extension, to live at this time in the country that you live in with the families that you have. God chose that, right? None of us chose the families to be born into, did we? We didn't. If you think you did, you didn't. This, this is, you're like, I want another. No, you don't want another family. God knows what he's doing by putting you the, in the family that you're in. And he goes on, he says in verse 27, he gives a purpose for this. He says that the, in the reason you're born where you were born this isn't the point, but I'm going to make it anyways, that they would seek God. God appointed us to be in the place that we're in. For what purpose? So that we would seek God. He says, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each of us. And this is the main point. 
For in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are, our, for we are also his children. The main point of, for this morning is the very first line of verse 28. For in him, right? Because since God is the provider and sustainer of all life, for in him we live and move and exist. The fact that you are breathing at this very moment is not because you work out and you're healthy, you know, and you're doing all the right things, or we, you know, we're trying to stay green so we can have nice air to breathe, whatever the No, it's because God is the provider and sustainer of these things. The reason you live and move and exist is because God is behind it. That's something that we all need to realize because we know the longer you live, that life is fragile and it can change in a moment. We can go from very high to very low in our life. And we need to recognize that God is the provider and stainer of all things. And so this is why it is appropriate or good if we think about it, to give God thanks. Because again, God is the creator of the entire earth, and every good thing that you and I have comes from Him, and because He is the provider and sustainer of all of our life. And it is appropriate, again, to give thanks to God for that reason. And so the psalmist can rightly say, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. And as I said, each and every one of us could expand upon that for different reasons at different times of our life, but these three are always true. Right? We're not always being victorious in our life. We're not always being blessed by you know, great health and great wealth and great times in our life, but these three are always true. God is, is the originator of all things. All blessings come from Him, and He is the provider and sustainer of life. Therefore, He rightly deserves thanks. So that is, again, talking about the first definition of the word good, meaning appropriate. Another word, and another thing that we need to look at is the word pleasant. If you remember at the very beginning, I said another definition of good is meaning it's pleasant, that it's enjoyable, it's pleasurable. And so the psalmist embedded in that word good is saying it is enjoyable, it is pleasurable, to give thanks to the Lord. Not only is it appropriate and the right thing to do, but it also brings pleasure to worship or to say thanks to the Lord. And we're going to look at this in two parts. First, how is it pleasurable for God? If you didn't think so, it is pleasurable for God to hear thanks. I mean, just think about you and I when somebody says thank you for what we've done for them. It brings you a source of pleasure, right? Sometimes you might be a little upset when, hey, they didn't even say thank you for what I did. Not that you were looking for it, but you rightly deserved it, but they didn't give it to you. And you don't get that joy. No, God isn't as petty as us, but God rightly deserving our thanks also enjoys our thanks. And why does God enjoy it? Well, it brings him honor, which is rightly due to his name. Right? By showing appreciation for what God has done like those three things that I've just said, we honor him. We're honoring him with our thanks. I mean, our entire worship, every more, every, when you think about the words, you're thanking God for what he's done. Those are really good worship songs, and we're just thanking God for what he's done and for who he is. Those are really meaningful, and they're biblically correct and sound. 
But we show our appreciation for what he's done by saying thank you. We're honoring him. And as I mentioned, it's disrespectful for us when maybe somebody doesn't say thankful to us or we don't thank somebody for what they've done for us. How much more so towards our heavenly Father who's done all things for us. I'm reminded of the story in the Gospel of Luke, and you can turn there with me. In Luke chapter 17, uh, starting in verse 11, where Jesus heals 10 lepers. You may remember that story. And this kind of highlights the point about honoring God, right? Who's rightly due our thanks. So in Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11, it says, While he, meaning Jesus, was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten lepers, or ten leprous men, who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samarian. So the picture is ten lepers cry out to Jesus to heal him, and he says, go show yourself to the priest. And as they leave to go show themselves to the priest to be cleansed, all of them are healed. But only one of them turns back to say thank you. And Jesus recognizes this in verse 17. Jesus answers him, were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found, was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? The point being that only one of them came back to say thanks, giving glory or honor to God. And so when we fail to give thanks, we fail to give glory and honor to God as well. So that God seeks to be honored and glorified by us. That's why he created us, right? We sung that, that whole song, right? If all of creation cries out, you know, so will I. Giving honor to God, so will I, which is what we are to do. So one of the ways that it is good to give thanks to the Lord, it's pleasure, brings pleasure towards God by we, when we honor him. Not only that, secondly, it demonstrates our loving obedience to him. Or I think of you, those of you who are parents, when your children say thank you, that's like, oh, they show their appreciation towards us. It's not only like that, when they, when, they, when they rightly do what we say, it shows that they're thankful, right? They demonstrate their loving obedience to us, and that brings us great pleasure. The same thing for the Lord uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. It says this, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God enjoys when we do what he calls us to do. Just like a parent, when our kids do what we've called them to do, it brings us pleasure. God's will for each and every believer, according to this verse, is to give thanks. You want to know what God's will is for your life? In all things... According to verse 18, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So when we're not giving thanks for all things, we're being disobedient and not bringing pleasure to God. 
So one of the ways that we obviously bring pleasure to God and it is good to give thanks to the Lord is by demonstrating our loving obedience towards him. Therefore, let's bring pleasure to our Lord by, you know, bringing him honor and saying thanks to him. It doesn't seem that hard, does it? But sometimes it is hard for us to give thanks in all things. But again, if we want to demonstrate the goodness of thankfulness, we need to say thanks to our Lord for all things. And not just take him for granted like, you know, the ten lepers did. A second part of this that I want to point out about bringing pleasure is that there's pleasure in it for you and me as well. Not that that's why we do it. But there is pleasure in giving uh, thanks or being thankful. There's even been academic and scientific studies on being thankful. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a few moments. But let's first, let's go to Scripture. And see what scripture says about being thankful people. And that our lives will be more pleasant if we are thankful. I keep having this picture of Eeyore. You guys know Eeyore and, and Pooh Bear? You know, he doesn't seem like a very thankful person. He's always bummed out. I don't know why it comes to my head. He's more like grumbling and complaining about everything. So in scripture, right, look, drop down to verses 6 and 7 of our text in Psalm 92. This kind of alludes to how somebody that is not thankful, not aware of what God is doing, is not happy. This is why he says, a senseless man has no knowledge. And in case you didn't know what he's talking about, he adds, nor does a stupid man understand this. See, that's worship right there. Maybe Izzy can incorporate that verse into one of our worship songs. He says that when the wicked sprouted up like grass and all who did iniquity flourish, it is only that they might be destroyed forevermore. So one of the things about being thankful, and I'll talk about this verse in a second, is that it keeps us humble. Here the psalmist is saying, hey, those that don't have any sense, that don't understand what God is doing, they get upset when iniquity flourishes. When they see that something's not fair, they don't understand how God operates or works. But those of us who do, we stay humble, right? And this is how we get pleasures. We, is that giving thanks keeps us humble. We understand what God does. It gives us a new perspective on life. Unlike what the psalmist is saying about the senseless man in verse 6 is, is they don't understand what God is doing. They have no communion with God. And when we're at communion with God... We stay humble and we stay thankful and we understand that God has a certain way of doing things. And we don't get all frazzled and upset like he says here that when the wicked sprout up, right, they don't understand it. And they do iniquity and they flourish. You know, you might get upset sometimes when you see, well, hey, there's people that aren't following the Lord and they're healthy and they're wealthy and they're being successful and they're getting everything. Their kids are being blessed and they got accepted to this college. They got that promotion. Why is that? We don't know why that is, but we need to stay humble and keep our perspective on the way God operates. And so when we say thank, we stay thankful for God. We get to uh, insight into the way God does things and it keeps us humble. It keeps us centered and it gives us a different perspective on life. And that's one of the, the benefits of being thankful is you understand how God operates and you're able to stay humble and recognize that all things come from the Lord anyways. Another way that it is good for us 
another benefit you might think, is that it's our calling in our life. When we're doing what God calls us to do, you're going to experience more genuine joy and happiness. Uh, turn with me to the book of Colossians. And this gives us a little understanding of this point, that it is our calling in life to be thankful. And therefore, when we, as I said, when we are doing what we're called to do, we enjoy life more. In Colossians chapter 3, look at verse 15. He says this. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. If you notice, every verse I'm going to read is going to have the word thankful in it. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So you were called, he's talking to the entire church. Our entire church is called to be thankful here. Right? You were called one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and monishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts. Whatever you do in word or, do, or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You see, this is our calling. He has called us individually and as a congregation to be thankful. And when we're doing that, we're going to experience more joy in our life because we're doing what God has called us to do. And that's just a couple of scriptures there that I wanted to point out. But I want to point also to science also says that if you are a thankful person, you will be, uh, there'll be benefits of it. There's scientific proven benefits of gratitude. Uh, there's a study at uh, one of the greatest universities named UC it's uh, UCLA here in here in California, right? If it came from UCLA, I mean it's almost like could be scripture almost. I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, UCLA uh, did a study a few years back, and uh, I just want to read to you. It says they say this: regularly expressing gratitude literally changes the molecular structure of the brain. Think of that. It keeps the gray matter functioning and makes us healthier and happier. It says, in this study, the researchers measured the brain activity of participants experienced emotions and found that gratitude causes synchronized activation in multiple brain regions and lights up parts of the brain's reward pathways in hypothalamus. So in short, it says, just like Prozac, gratitude can boost neurotransmitters serotonin, and activate the brain stem to produce dopamine. I guess all that means is you're going to be happy. Don't ask me to explain all that. But that's science, right? The psalmist, thousands of years before, said it is good to be thankful. A scientific study has proven that at UCLA. Not only that, there was another study done. Said there's a, it says seven scientific Scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. I'm not going to read all of them, but a couple of them I, I thought were interesting. One, gratitude opens up the door to more relationships. In a 2014 study uh, published in Emotion, the study found that thanking a new acquaintance makes them more likely to seek an ongoing relationship. The more thankful you are, the more you're able to, you, you know, you seek more personal relationships with people. Again, it's not like, Every person that's thankful does this. There's other things involved in it. But for the most part, they say, in general, if you're a thankful person, you know, you're going to have more people that want to be in a relationship with you, a friendship, because you're happy. 
right? Again, I think of Eeyore. Now, I wouldn't want to hang out with Eeyore. You know, he's not my favorite. I'd rather hang out with Tigger, you know, because he's bouncy, bouncy and all that stuff, you know. He's a happier guy. Somebody's like, I couldn't handle Tigger, man. That guy's too much. I don't know if Tigger was thankful or not, but anyways, another, another benefit was that gratitude improved physical health. It said, grateful people experience fewer aches and pains and report feeling healthier than others. According to a 2012 study published in Personality and, and Individual Differences, grateful people were also more likely to take care of their health. They exercise more often. They're more likely to attend regular checkups, which is likely to contribute to further longevity. And again, that's not like 100% true. They said most, the mo for the most part, right? Some scientifically proven benefit. They say you sleep better. You improve your self-esteem that your mental strength is better if you're a thankful person, and so on. And that, I, think, I think my point is proven with that, that scripture and science demonstrate the goodness of thankfulness. So being thankful, we can say, is spiritually and physically good for us. Now, again, that's not the motivation to be thankful. Thankfulness should come genuinely from our hearts because of what God has done. Right? That's why the psalmist back in our psalm, in, in verse 4, he says, You, Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. Because what is God has done. That's why I'm glad. So let's wrap it up with these final two points here this morning. How should we express our thankfulness? How do we expect our thankful, our, express our thankfulness towards our Lord? Well, it's, it's right there in the very beginning. Look at verses 1 through 4 one more time. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness of the night with, ten, with the ten-stringed lute and with the harp, with resounding music upon the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad for what you have done, and I will sing for joy at the works of your hands." So how should we express thankfulness with our words and actions? Number one was singing. He said it right there a couple of times. He said, let's strike up the band and sing praises to the Lord for what he's done. I don't know about you, but it, I mean, I, I, lo I love worship. And that kind of, you know, sets my heart right and gets me focused on the Lord. I mean, honestly, how many of us are singing? I, I guarantee you. None of you are repeating the words of my sermon throughout the week, but we're repeating the words of worship all the time because right? it's thankfulness to God. Short, pithy sayings that remind us, of the th and thank, and remind us to thank the Lord and to praise Him. So that's what we need to do. Sing praises to the Lord. I hope you guys enjoy praise and worship because you're thanking the Lord. We're called to do it. The psalmist said it's good to do. Sing praises to the Lord. Now, I don't have a, a ten-string lute, right, or a lyre. I don't even know what the lyre is. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. I know what a harp is. Maybe we should get those. That would be pretty cool. I'm just kidding. The point is, is sing to the Lord. Praise Him with music, with words. That's how we show our thankfulness. God, that's really what we're doing. We're just thanking God. Again, when, when you sing these songs, I hope you, you know, they don't become just 
you know, you forget what you sing, and you're like, how did I get to this verse? I hope you'll really focus in on the words and mean them from your heart because we're expressing our gratitude towards the Lord. Secondly, and finally, how we should express our thankfulness to God is just by praying. The simple, thank you, Lord. You know, just like we thank anybody else in our life, we just say it, thank you, right? Thank you. Colossians 4.2 tells us this, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. I mean, our prayers should be filled with thanksgiving for God. It doesn't mean you have to say it all the time, but you should, in your prayers, you should be expressing thanksgiving. So again, in closing, how do we express thankfulness towards our Lord? We deal with our actions and our words by singing and praying. So let's do that now. Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. How it reminds us and gives us perspective in our lives. Reminds us of who you are and what you've done and what you will do for each and every person who is your child. And I pray this morning that each and every one of us would, gain, would have gained a, a greater insight into thankfulness. And if we've drifted off a little bit of not being thankful, that we are reminded this morning by the reading of your word of who you are. You are the creator of the cosmos. You are the giver and provider and sustainer of life, and every blessing comes from you. And I pray that we would be reminded of that on a daily basis that we would not be like the senseless man in the psalm who doesn't realize what you were doing in this world, but that we would stay humble and stay close to you and always giving thanks for all things. And I pray that even for those this morning, Lord God, who are going through some very tough things and don't understand why you've allowed certain things into their life or why you have not answered a prayer, or why it seems like the world is crashing down all around them. That even in the midst of that, they can say, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in their life. Thank you that you are there with them, walking through it. And that they will come out on the other side somehow, in some way, knowing you even more. And Lord God, I'm reminded that when we go through hard times, that we are also being a witness to those around us as they see us go through it. And I pray that you would strengthen those this morning who are going through hard times to be truly thankful and to cling to you even more during this time. And for us as a congregation, may we be known for our thankfulness towards you, for all that you've given us and all that you've done for us individually and even more as a church. We have a place to worship and to continue to Sing praises to you, Lord God, and may we do that as we close our service this morning. We thank you, Lord God, again for this time we've had. Amen.